0: I'm going to just start quickly by playing a quick testimony video of Alpha. I love hearing stories. I think my favourite part of my job is going around to different churches and hearing how God has impacted people's life. So it's only two minutes long. So if you just want to watch the screen,
1: growing up I didn't have a faith. Um, I kind of come from a Catholic community. My idea of faith didn't really—I didn't really have an idea of faith. I just did it because I was taken to those things but this guy who I met at university constantly just seemed to inwardly kind of have everything together and outwardly was having a great time and he said it's because he has a faith and, um, because of his relationship with Jesus. He then invited me to Alpha but then on the third week I decided to go and kind of sat in the car was like made sure there was enough people that looked like me that went into the building but the week I came was the forgiveness week and um, and I really struggled with forgiveness It's something that's been really difficult in my life. But I had this moment of, like, God forgives me for everything. And it just that, that, of like, wow, that, like, that unconditional love that, that God forgives me. So i had gone from, like, trying to wrap my head around like, the fact that God forgives me, to then, like, a, like my heart being like, Jesus loves me and that like, Jesus is with me. I just need to say yes to him. But most importantly, I have a purpose, that Jesus walks with me every single day and that I am loved unconditionally and that just blows my mind and I have to remind myself of that every day but because I was invited to Alpha I was able to have asked those questions and um, have those moments of like pondering about these questions of life and faith and what it means to know Jesus my life has been completely changed and I walk every day with purpose.
0: It's such an inspiring story. And uh, this is Sam who is on the screen. And he actually now, that was only a couple of years ago, he now leads Alpha for the South, for Alpha UK, which is incredible because his friend invited him to try Alpha. He came to church, served in his local church, worked for Compassion for a little while, and now works for Alpha. And he gets to see week in, week out, people who have also given their lives to Jesus before I start, who's been on an Alpha course? Gosh, look at that. There's so many of you. And who gave their lives to Jesus through an Alpha course? Gosh, that's brilliant. And were you all invited to come to Alpha? Did someone invite you? Yeah, Look at that. So, I'm Annabelle. um, I've worked for Alpha for three years in December. I started just by looking after the northwest of England. So, if you can't tell, I have a northwest accent. I live in Bolton. Um, Whenever I go to the south of England, it seems to get even thicker. Um, I feel like I'm making a point with my accent. Um, And like I said, my favorite part of my job is stories. And uh, recently, on my church's Alpha, I actually launched it at my church last week, and uh, we had this guy come on. And he, he actually came through one of my contacts from another church. Uh, she said, uh, "He's too far away from my church. Can he come to your church?" I was like, "Yeah, no pressure." <laughs> um, so he came along. Uh, been doing drugs and alcohol, and on I think it's week four, he uh, Nikki prays and he says, "If you want to give your life to Jesus, just echo this prayer in your heart." And I'd prepped the team. I said, you know, somebody might do it. And I think I didn't really expect anyone to do it. We sat down in the group and I said, so what did you think of the video as you typically do in Alpha? What did you think? What stood out to you? And he went, well, I just prayed that prayer. What do I do now? And I was I sat there. I thought, well, I don't know what to say to you. But it was just such an incredible moment. But his sister invited him countless times to come to Alpha. I was in another church in congleton in cheshire and uh this guy got up onto the stage and he basically just said he went i was invited to try alpha seven times and every single time i said no and on the eighth time i showed up at alpha didn't have an invitation but i knew i was welcome in that church and that's the power of the invitation and what i want to talk to you today is about invitational culture Now Raj has told me so much about your Alpha and how you do it so regularly. And I can see from how many people have done Alpha, it's an integral part of your church. But there's something about Alpha that requires that invitation. Because you have to do it. We have to do it. And even though I am so passionate about evangelism, because I do believe that that's what God wants us to do. Because God sent his only son to the world so we could have eternal life. And then said in the Great Commission, that's what we're supposed to do. Does not mean that I'm good at it. Actually, I would say I have like a love-hate relationship with evangelism. Um, There's this guy once, I, uh, just before I got married. I lived in a flat and I lived on the fourth floor. And I hated walking up those stairs. Wish I'd got somewhere with a lift. It was raining and I used to park just outside this guy's flat. And I used to regularly stand at the window smoking. So we'd have a, a bit of a chat, just um, really, really light conversation. Like, hey, how was your day? Nothing major. And then one day, so I worked at the time, I worked for a school as a chaplain two days a week. And then I worked for Alpha two days a week. And it, one day he just went to me and went, what do you do? Like, you come around at such random hours. You're always in and out. Uh, what do you do? And I was like, oh said, God, I don't want to have this conversation today. I'm tired. I just want to go upstairs. So I said, oh, I'm a relationship manager. (laughs) And he went, all right. What, what, what kind? I said, oh, I just work for a charity. And he went, what charity? I said, oh, we just provide a course for people. And he went, oh, what's the course? I'm thinking, gosh, God really wants me to have this conversation today. Anyway, we ended up having a 45 minute chat. I was still very cold, but We ended up having this 45-minute chat about faith. And he told me his experience and his life. And I invited him to church. You know, I I never knew whether he went. I never knew because I moved out of the area. But I still pray for him. Because in that moment... We were able to talk about who God was, who Jesus was. And we all have that mandate on our lives in the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. But you know what my favorite part of that verse is? And I think I've got it up on. It should come up. Um, Yeah, there you go. And the last bit and it says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, Jesus didn't ask us to go and do evangelism on our own. He said, I'm with you. I'm going before you. You're joining in with what I'm already doing. And I think that takes the pressure off us when we do our evangelism. Because you're just joining in with what Jesus is already doing. You're not having to go and do it on your own. Because he said, I'm with you. And I'll never leave you. I uh, love a good definition. Uh, So I googled like what the actual definition of evangelism is. And my favourite search that came up was a word that Christians are scared of. <laughs> yeah. It's true, isn't it? You know, in some churches, I can't even mention the word evangelism because we hate it. But like I said, I didn't like doing it. I didn't want to do it. I said to God, no, I'm not doing it today. But you know, God does have a plan. And the actual definition of evangelism is to bring the good news. To bring the good news. You know, Jesus' life is the best news. The best news. And if you've given your life to Jesus in here, you'll know that. Do you know what I love about guests who come on Alpha? The next time Alpha's running, they are always the best inviters because their life has been so changed that they want their friends and family to experience it. But you know me? I've been to church my whole life. My whole life I've grown up in church. And when I was 11, my parents had split up and I said to God, I said, God, if you are real, I need you to show up. My dad had completely gone. My mum became an alcoholic. I had three younger siblings at the time. I now have four, three younger siblings. And I was, just, I was putting them to bed at nighttime and I said, God, if you are real, I need you to help me. But you know when you're crying and it's like that hyperventilating kind of crying where you you can't, you feel like you can't breathe. That's the kind of crying I was doing. And the moment that I said to God, if you're real, can you help me? You've got to show up. I can't do this anymore. It felt like a flood because it was like from the top of my head right down to my toes, a complete and utter peace. And ever since then, nobody could ever tell me that Jesus wasn't real because when I asked, he showed up and I knew I knew that every time I asked Jesus to show up, he would show up. And you know, that's my story. I don't have this super cool from like doing drugs and alcohol all the way over to like radical transformation. My story is important and your story is important. Now, I just want to take a couple of minutes. If you have your Bibles, I forgot forgotten mine, So I'm doing it on my phone. Uh, As I regularly do on my phone, but I always feel like when I'm speaking, I should have my actual Bible with me. Um, But it's in Luke 5, verse 17. And it says, One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him to the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I always thought when people brought water up to the front that it was like to help them like get back to their spot. I actually realized I just talk too much and I actually do just need a drink. Now, I love this story. And I uh, serve in kids' church at my church. And usually my husband comes along with me, but he's serving in kids' church today. So anyone who serves in kids' church or in youth ministries, you are heroes. Uh, Yeah, they do deserve a clap. I love this story and we always talk about it with the kids about lowering their friends to Jesus. Now, what happens when you bring your friends to the feet of Jesus? What can Jesus do? But when I was reading that story, it doesn't say friends of the man. It just says some men. And I, I was blown away by that, because these guys, I, in my head, I imagine it like they cut open the roof, it fell down, made a bit of a shock, and they started to lower him down with these like ropes on four sides. I'm very visual, which is why I do kids' work, um, but I imagine it like this, it's a really big thing, but I'm not sure I would make that big of a fuss for someone who wasn't my friend. I'm not sure I would, but... When Jesus told us the Great Commission, when we hear this story, there 's so many other stories it doesn 't say that you have to do it with your friends. you know it 's easy to do it with your friends, but actually, you could do it with anyone it doesn 't have to be your friend or your family member or your colleague. It can be absolutely anyone i am um, I often find myself just chatting to people i 'm a very chatty person uh, Sometimes at my own detriment, I'll come home from uh, a big, long drive. I was telling Gavin earlier, I drove home from London on Friday because the train, Thursday, because the trains weren't working. And um, it took me five hours, five hours drive. And I got home to my husband and he was like, gosh, you could tell you've been in the car for five hours on your own. But actually, I'd spoken to my brother on the phone for an hour and 10 minutes. So you think I wouldn't be so chatty. Um, I was thinking about, I said to God, I said, God, would you give me more opportunities with people to tell them about you i was like okay god let's see what happens and i ended up like getting people just walking up to me on the street i was at a conference in harrogate and uh this guy just I'm, i kid you not there were probably about 300 people on the street who would just come out of this conference and a guy stopped me and said what's going on here we ended up having this conversation and I invited him to a local church but you know what I've always wanted to pray with someone on the streets and say, to give their life to Jesus. I have never had the guts to do it. And uh, I was thinking about Jesus and how he did evangelism. And the six steps or six things that Jesus did when he was doing evangelism, over time, Jesus didn't call it evangelism. Um, And, you know, it ends with a crucial invitation, whether that's an invitation to know Jesus or an invitation to Alpha. But before I go on to those six things, which are probably on the screen, um, I just want to take a few seconds to talk to you about Alpha. You know, I love Alpha, but you know, Alpha is a tool for your evangelism. It is not the be all and end all of evangelism. You know, when I said earlier that evangelism is about bringing the good news, we're called to bring the good news, And, you know, Alpha tells about the good news, but you have the opportunity to do that yourself. And I want to encourage you today. And it's something that I'm still learning how to do. is to make that crucial invitation to take that step and to be bold and know that when you bring people to the feet of Jesus, not only does he forgive sins, he heals people. He he sets the captives free. He brings breakthrough. He restores marriages. That's what Jesus can do. And all you have to do is bring people to the feet of Jesus because you're joining in with what God's already doing. So uh, Gavin emailed me and he said, oh, could you make sure you uh, talk about prayer? Because it's the start of our prayer week. Um, So actually, I was already going to talk about it Um, because prayer and Alpha go hand in hand. I often do training, and prayer is always one, one of the things on Alpha. And uh, one phrase I always say is that Alpha is fuelled by prayer. But our lives are fuelled by prayer. You know, I was thinking about Kids Church this week. Um, and, you know, when between 0 and 8, your pathways and how you're going to respond to something is set. So when in kids' church, we have an incredible opportunity to teach children how to pray and that when something goes wrong, they can pray. And I was thinking about that for my life because I grew up in kids' church. Whenever anything goes wrong, my first instinct is to pray before anything else. But that's what Jesus wants us to do. And I think that's a, it's the most important thing to do before we do evangelism. And you can pray before you do evangelism. You can pray for your guests who you've invited. But actually, you can use prayer as a tool for evangelism. We recently did some research um, called Talking Jesus with Alpha and a few other organizations. And it says that one in three people are open to a spiritual experience after talking with a friend. In 2015, when we asked the same question, it was one in five people, which means if you go and speak to three people and offer prayer to them, one in three are going to say yes to you. Now, imagine if that's how you decided to do your evangelism, that one in three people, you say, hey, is there anything I can pray for you today for? And then you get to have this wonderful conversation about who Jesus is and who you're praying to. And you know, if, if, if the prayer's not answered, you've still prayed, because that's to do with God not because of what you've prayed. If you're faithful and you pray, you know that God will do what he said he was going to do. The next one is listening. I heard this really cool quote this week and it was actually quite challenging um, because like I said, I'm a very chatty person. It said, do you listen to understand or do you listen to talk? Now, I have been so guilty of listening to talk. Like, I'm waiting so I can say my next thing. But actually, how important is listening to understand and to show somebody you care? Like, how often did Jesus just listen to people? And you know, this links really nicely in with the next one, which is questions. Now, I love stats, so I've got a stat for you. Jesus asked 307 questions but only answered 183. He asked so many more questions than he answered. Now, what if you flip your evangelism upside down and flip your invitation upside down to ask more questions? So if I was to ask you, what's your name? Sorry, Charlotte. What's oh, a beautiful name. Charlotte, what's the most important thing in your life right now? Yeah, go for it. family. Your family. Now, if you would ask that question like a really intentional question, how easy is it to take a segue to talk about God's family, how they're welcome in our church community. That is a family. You are welcome in the family of God. You know, it's so easy when you're asking these questions that you can take the opportunity to do that. But sometimes it's not right to do that. And actually just asking questions and showing you're interested is worth so much more than trying to ram something down someone's throat. I always thought of evangelism, that it's so much about me speaking. But actually, what if your evangelism was just listening? It was just asking questions, following Jesus' example and doing that. Now, it's not enough to just do that, because evangelism is to bring the good news. So how do you do that? And you do that with your testimony. Now, I told you my testimony before. And um, what I said at the end was, I know... That if I ever asked Jesus to be with me, if I ever asked him to show up, I know that he would. And often what I do after that when I'm sharing my testimony is to say, and if you want that for your life too, I'd love to pray this prayer with you. You can have this. Or if I don't think it's right, I would love for you to come to Alpha to find out more about this. But you get to share your testimony and tell people what God has done in your life. But again, it's not enough. We've got to do more. We've got to bring the good news because what God will do in my life isn't what God's going to do in Raj's life because he does something different in each one of us because we all have different needs. So it might be a financial need that somebody has. It might be a relational need. It might be whatever it is, God will do something different. But you get to testify and share what God has done in your life. And the next thing to do is to bring clarity and this is where you start to ask yourself the questions of, who is God? Who is Jesus? Pretty much what Alpha is the first few weeks. Who is God? Who is Jesus? What's the problem? What was the solution? And if you can share that effectively and tell people, because people want to know what church is. They want to know who Jesus is. People are curious. And you I don't know if you've seen any of our most recent alpha invitations. They all say stay curious because we were born curious and we want people to stay curious. We want people to ask those questions because everybody does have some sort of question. But, you know, in the news, I was speaking to my sister yesterday and she said, I've stopped. I've stopped reading the news. I used to read it every single day because I can't deal with what's going on. It's too heartbreaking. I don't want to know. I'd rather just stay as I am and she stopped being curious but I think that's the thing that's happening across the UK right now so how can you inspire curiosity in people is sharing these things is sharing your testimony and then being able to clarify the gospel for them and it ends with this beautiful invitation that we all have either accepted or are going to accept one day um With Jesus, there is always an invitation. Whether that's an invitation to come closer, to give your life to Jesus, whatever it is, there's always an invitation. And I think I've been guilty of this, is not offering that invitation to know Jesus. I sometimes take the easy way out. I'm like, oh, just come to church. They'll tell you. But you know, we're empowered to do that. In the Great Commission, it says, all authority on heaven has been given to us. You have the authority to do that. You have the authority to pray with people. You have the authority to ask the Holy Spirit to come in. You have the authority to invite them to know Jesus. And a life-changing question for me with this is, not what do you think of what I've just said, but what's stopping you right now from giving your life to Jesus? And you know, sometimes people say, well, this, 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 and this. And you'll say, okay, (laughs) let's go out for coffee and have a chat. Or somebody will say, nothing, nothing's stopping me. And you get the incredible privilege to get to pray with someone to give their life to Jesus. And I would say that's the greatest privilege I've ever had, is getting to pray with someone as they've given their life to Jesus. Because to me, Jesus is Everything. My whole life is about giving back to Jesus because I'm so grateful for what he's given to me. He's taken away my sins, my shame, my guilt, my hurt. And don't get me wrong, things don't always go the way I want it to go. But to me, it's worth it. And if it's worth it to you, I'd encourage you to follow these six steps to try and do that. And you know, if they say, this is what's going on and I can't do that, and you go, oh gosh, I don't even know the answer to that question. That's when Alpha is a perfect opportunity. I've got to do the plug. I work for them. Um, But, you know, it's really easy to invite someone to Alpha because it's just three simple things. You watch, oh no, sorry, you connect over food or coffee or cakes, whatever you do in your church. And then you watch a video or a live talk and then you discuss it's really simple and there is no pressure to it. And that's what I love about being able to invite someone to Alpha is I know that wherever they go across the UK, because I have a friend who uh, is at university in Bristol and I've invited her to try Alpha. She hasn't done it. Um, but I know that if she goes into a church there, that's what she's going to get. Because Alpha is this beautiful global movement. Last year, 1.3 million people did Alpha. Gosh, since Alpha started, 30 million people have done Alpha. In the UK, Oh, not in the UK, across the world last year, over 100,000 churches and organisations ran an Alpha course. We're part of something so much bigger when we join in with this. And, you know, we'll keep doing Alpha until it no longer works anymore. Because this is a way to bring people in to know Jesus. And uh, what I always end this on is... Uh, you know, if someone does say, well, I can't come to Alpha because of this. I can't do, I can't, um, can't figure this out. This is what's going on. Da, 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 da. You can say, all right, let's go out for dinner. Let's go out for a meal. I love a bit of McDonald's. I do. I'm guilty of it. I know it's not good for me, but I want to. But something I say on all my training is, Jesus was a foodie. I do believe that because he was either always going from a meal, coming to a meal, or at a meal. So if Jesus can be a foodie, so can we. And you'll be pleased to know that I am uh, I'm finished. But I do believe that God still wants to speak to us. And in true Alpha style, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. I was just thinking, I was praying this morning and asking God what he wanted me to say. And to speak through me. And I was thinking about that story about coming to the feet of Jesus. You never know what's going to happen when you come to the feet of Jesus. Or when you bring someone to the feet of Jesus. But I think there's some people in here today who are going, I can't even contemplate bringing someone to the feet of Jesus because I need to be at the feet of Jesus. I've got so much going on in my life. I can't even contemplate it because I need Jesus to supernaturally intervene for me. So I want to pray for you, if you want to all close your eyes, and if that is you, I'd love for you to raise your hand so I can pray for you, because our God is a miracle worker, he is a healer, he is almighty God, he is a restorer, he brings breakthrough, so if that is you, please raise your hand. Father God, we thank you for the boldness of these people to raise their hands. God, I thank you that you see their situation. Thank you, God, that you know what's going on. God, I thank you that you collect every tear. And God, I pray that you would supernaturally intervene. God, where there is sickness, I pray it be gone in Jesus' name. God, where there's broken relationships, God, I pray they would be restored in Jesus' name. God, I pray where there's a brokenness in people's lives. God, I pray there would be breakthrough. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. God, we thank you that you are almighty, God. You are Elohim. You are all sufficient. God, we thank you that you are God. And you know exactly what we need. And God, I pray that you would bring that need right now. In Jesus' name. And I want to just stay here. And I ask the Holy Spirit to come. And I I really would like to pray for healing this morning. Um, You know, that story is about healing. And, you know, Jesus just said, get up and walk. I would love to pray for healing this morning. And if that's you... I want to be really bold and I'd love for you to come to the front. It's a big ask and it's bold, but I'd love to lay hands and pray with you. And if you're staying in your seats, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come anyway. So if you want to close your eyes and open your hands up to receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit might speak to you, might give you a word, a picture. He might have something to share with somebody else. Whatever it is, I pray that you'd be open to it. God, we ask you to bring your Holy Spirit. We pray the ancient words of the church. Come Holy Spirit.
2: While uh, Annabelle was talking there, I got my phone out because I know after the moment you can all get distracted. You'll start work or you'll go home. You'll be looking after the kids. You'll be, whatever it is that distracts you. We all have our distractions. And we'll forget to invite someone. We'll forget to pray. All those things that we talk about. And so, as you know, I can't remember anything. So, I wrote down a few names that over the coming couple of weeks, I'm going to invite these people. I'm going to invite Phil Sullivan. I'm going to invite Richard Cockrell. I'm going to invite one of our doctors, Nav. I'm going to invite some of our nurses at work, Rama, who's already been to Alpha, and his wife. I'm going to invite Alex, one of our doctors, who said no loads of times. I'm going to invite Joe, one of our reception team. I think more will come uh, as I pray about it. But I've done that so that come Monday, I'm going to take that out, and I'm not going to let the power of Jesus' invite not have its way in, the pe- in people's lives. Yeah. And we're going to sing. We're going to pray. People can come out for healing. And whatever it is that you want praying for, that's great. But if you're sat in your chair, what you might want to do is do what I did. List some names, real people, and pray for them. But not to hide behind prayer, to pray for them so that you invite them. It might be someone... At work, it might be someone at school, it might be someone at university. Young people, you have the power of invitation too. And I know it's difficult for you. It's hard for you to invite people. What will they say? What will they think? But actually, you have the power of invitation too. And God calls you to be bold. A lot of you went to New Day and you've encountered God in a special way. This is what it looks like. So I'm going to, I'm not going to pray. Annabelle's already prayed. We're going to worship and let's respond to our God in all those different ways. (laughs) Thank you, Lord.